score in seven podcasts. Would it be 40 so? score? It would be 40. Let's do the math real quick. It would be 44 score. 44 seven. score. On, if, it, if we did it on our 808th podcast, it would be four, 40 score in seven podcasts. That'd be, that'd be pretty impressive. All right, you already? Indeed. Yeah. Are Look, you sure? Gassy. I'm more than ready to talk. Mm. Oh. I've been gassy all day. It's never a fun prospect anyway. Welcome to Next Play, a student-produced podcast recorded on the campus of the University of Oklahoma and focused on all things relevant in the world of sports. Alongside Parker Thune, I'm Baylor Hurst. And now, here's Kurt Watson. Hello and welcome to Next Play. I am your host, Kurt Watson. Alongside me this evening... Per the news, per the norm, per always, Baylor Hurst and Parker Thune. Guys, specifically Baylor, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Yeah? I'm doing pretty well. Today is the 18th anniversary that the sixth round draft pick made his way to New England and proceeded to begin his legacy as the greatest quarterback of all time. Did I see that time. on your Facebook today? Tom Brady. You saw the memory of it happening 17 years ago, but today is the 18th anniversary of Tom Brady's uh, uh, introduction to the NFL. So it's a good day. I'm always in a good mood on the GOATS anniversary. Mm, interesting. Parker? I feel marginalized as usual. Why do you feel marginalized? Because you chose to address only Baylor at the beginning of the podcast. But I'm giving by the you way, Tom, By the way, now. Tom Brady is a system quarterback. That is all. Okay, well, before we try to trigger Baylor again here, let's talk about some sports. First off, I want to talk about an opportunity that the three of us had this evening, which was Tuesday evening when we were recording this episode. We were able to be on a podcast panel put on by the Society of Professional Journalists, I believe. This is, is that true. Correct? This is absolutely true. We were on a panel with the likes of a reporter for the Oklahoman, uh, members of the OU Daily, and a, and a worker for KGOU. Yep. They had a sit-in and a talk on the panel. I talked a little bit too much, as I usually end up doing. I interrupted this Parker fair. a lot, as I usually I, end up ironic doing. Ironic that you do that in every context. Yes, 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 yes. It's, Parker it's talks dynamic. too slow for me for me to not interrupt him. This but then fair. we also got to the highlight of my evening. We got to go to Torchies. Ah. Uh. And have Always some a good thing. Delicious tacos. Parker, what were your thoughts on being on the panel? What did you enjoy about it? I feel marginalized once again. Okay, well, really. since Parker's gonna throw a pity party, well, Baylor, hey, hey, what, well, okay, hey, hey, chill. Hi. Okay. My thoughts on the panel is that the panel itself was entertaining, thought-provoking, intelligent, and overall enjoyable experience. Baylor didn't smell great, but I was able to get past that. Interesting. I can definitely see why you interrupt him. He does talk very slow when he feels more Very slow. Baylor, any closing thoughts on the, the panel, or should we just jump into some sports? Talk? It was a great opportunity, and I'm thankful to the Society of Professional Journalists for allowing us to be a part of it. We made some new friends. Um, I've got a couple podcasts that I'm going to add to my subscription list. There you go. And we got to talk to some people that wanted to start their own podcasts, give them a little bit of advice, and uh, just kind of... I mean, I, I know that whenever I started podcasting, I was completely lost, had no idea what to do, had to Google everything, and I wish someone would have sat down with me and told me how to do X, Y, and Z. So thanks again to the Society of Professional Journalists for having us on, and those were my closing thoughts. Excellent. Well, that's uh, just a great opportunity for me to say 
Um, if any of y'all are listening to this and you would like any advice on how to start a podcast, we'd love to talk to you about that. So feel free to slide into the DMs. With that being said, at Pod on Instagram or at Baylor course. Travis on all social media if you're looking for Baylor Hurst, which specifically you probably will be looking for Baylor. You don't want to talk to Parker or not. Anyway, let's talk some sports, guys. The NBA playoffs are in full swing. Can you believe a year ago the NBA was ruined? A year ago, Golden State and the Cavs owned the league, and now it's no longer ruined. It's, it's beautiful, Kurt. It's a great thing. I mean, we've talked about it many a times on the podcast this year. The Cavs are they're just in a very interesting place, and I think we can definitely say that the Rockets are, are in that position for for leading the the pack here. But, Parker, I want to hear, so you don't feel marginalized, I want to give you the opportunity to talk first. Thank you. What are your thoughts on the playoffs so far? Well, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting first couple of days. There's not a whole lot of conclusions that we can draw yet. Obviously, we've seen the 76ers' long winning streak come to an end with their Game 2 loss to the Heat. Joel Embiid had some choice words uh, for how the organization is treating him after that loss. He... uh, Apparently, he's ready to get back on the floor with no restrictions, and he wants to be the one leading the charge for the 76ers going forward. I still believe, as I said last week on the podcast, the 76ers are the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. As far as the Western Conference, actually, you know what? I'm not quite done in the East. The Cavaliers got rocked by the Indiana Pacers. Specifically, Victor Oladipo. 32 points in the Game 1 victory for Oladipo as the Pacers defeat the Heat 98-80. to it already feels like, and this may not be the case, but it already kind of feels like the Cavaliers are on the ropes after a blowout game one loss. You don't think, because LeBron has been known to subst- I mean, to sacrifice a playoff win or two to kind of get a feel, That it didn't feel like that. No, it didn't. It didn't feel like LeBron was taking a step back, figuring it out, maybe giving Kevin Love the chance to blossom like he did a couple years ago. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like LeBron has control of the situation as he usually does. The 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 inadequacy and idiocy of Dan Gilbert and Tyron Lue has seemed to have seemed to affected this team so much that they might get bounced in round one to the Pacers. Am I picking against the Cavs in this round? Absolutely not. But I'm I'm about 60-40 leaning towards the Cavs at this point. It's close. And 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 them getting out of the East as I thought they were going to two, three weeks ago, is in the back of my mind at this point. I was under the impression that LeBron James would show up and we'd see playoff LeBron and all that. But, and I know that this is a bit premature because we've only seen one game, but I've always had the impression that LeBron had control. That's not what I have right now. What about you? Do you feel the same way? Is a prickly pear a cactus fruit? Is that what it is? What? Parker. I'm just curious. Is a prickly pear a cactus fruit? He's asking, asking Siri. He's asking Siri. Excellent. Okay. I found this on the web for is a prickly pear a cactus fruit. And there's your answer. Siri can't understand Siri's what you're an saying. Siri's an idiot. Per the use. I really like that. Per the use. Yeah. It just we, makes oh, we've figured that out yeah, by it now. It does. Kurt. It does. Uh, but what, what, what are am, your thoughts on what I said? I am picking the Pacers to beat the Cavs in this series. As I've said many times I before. I can't blame you. Well, I... It's LeBron and no one else. Yeah. I get that he's the best player on the planet, but he's almost, he's suffering from Christian McCaffrey syndrome at this point. It does not matter how good of an athlete you are. If you don't have one or two other guys to take the load off you, to take the target off your back, you're going to have struggles. 
And we're seeing that right now with these Cavaliers. There's no one on that depth chart that can score 25 points a game alongside LeBron James. And you need a guy like that. You need When they won the finals a couple years back against the Golden State Warriors, it not only took a superhuman performance, but LeBron James, but a virtuoso complimentary performance from Kyrie Irving. And an incredible performance, solid performance from Kevin Love throughout the entirety of the playoffs. LeBron, like you said, it's LeBron and no one else. Kevin Love is a shell of his former self. Let's talk about the Pacers, though. Let's talk about this team. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like this is a team that people have slept on all year, that we've been quiet about. And yet here they are, the five seed in the Eastern Conference. And I feel like this is a team that can make some noise, especially Victor Oladipo. Because after the Thunder moved on from him in favor of Paul George, I feel like he's, he's kind of taken that to heart and he's made it his mission to prove in this postseason that the Thunder made a mistake in going after a one year of Paul George exactly. rather than planning for years to come yeah. with Victor Oladipo in that, that backcourt. That move still has me scratching my head. You basically get Paul George on a one-year rental, give up a guy who's kind of like an all-star talent. It, in my opinion, it's very similar to when they got rid of James Harden. Um, I, I think we can say without question that the Thunder lost that trade. The Thunder absolutely yeah. lost that trade uh, to the Pacers. And I agree with you. The Pacers are bound to make some noise, but they're still not my picks to come out of the East. Oh, well, no. Right I'm, now, I'm, right now I'm up, it's up in there, in my opinion, between the 76ers and the Raptors. And with the dysfunction that seems to be going on with the 76ers, particularly with Joel Embiid, as you, as you, as you threw a little bit of light on earlier, I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards the Raptors. The 76ers are still my team coming out of the East, but the Raptors, um, especially with an impressive win over the Wizards tonight, uh, 130 to 119. Uh, DeRozan had a great game, but I, I mean they're starting to they're starting to do a great job. The Celtics, while they're doing a great job against the Bucks, are still missing their two best players. Mm-hmm. That can't be ignored. Parker, what's up? Listen, Bill, all, all I'm going to say is that, first off, I'm glad that you're finally giving the Raptors the credit they, they deserve. That's been a team that no one has paid attention to all year, but they ran away with the Eastern Conference as far as record goes. I'm still, with that said, I'm still going with the 76ers out of the Eastern Conference. I don't perceive that as dysfunction, what's going on with Joel Embiid and that organization right now, the kind of back and forth that they're having. I take it as Joel Embiid making a statement that he wants to come out and help Philadelphia dominate this Eastern Conference postseason. I, th- I think they're going to do that. Before we move into the Western Conference, how terrifying are the 76ers moving forward? Can we just take a second to appreciate the fact that they're only going to get better, they seem to be staying together, and they're probably going to lock up an all-star talent next season. I mean, the 76ers are the future of the East, in my opinion. Yeah. It may be a little bit too early, similar to what we saw with the Rams last year in the NFL, but for years to come, the 76ers are going to take over and as, they the, need, as the leader of they the They need to make their focus keeping that core together. Abs- because Agreed. that is the hardest thing for any aspiring yes. dynasty to do. And we've seen it so many times before, right? We, we thought the Seahawks were going to win four or five Super Bowls in a row. We thought the Warriors were going to win four or five finals in a row. But no matter how talented a team is, the hardest thing to do is keep everyone satisfied and keep your focus, your orientation 
on the next two or three years, not just the here and now. Agreed. And so for the 76ers, yes, this is a fearsome team right now. It will be all the more fearsome for the next couple of years, but their focus has to be keeping everyone happy, keeping everyone satisfied, making sure that you keep this core of young and very explosive talent. And I think that that's possible because Ben Simmons looks like the second coming of Magic Johnson, one of the least selfish players, in my opinion, who's ever played basketball. And then Joel Embiid just seems to want to go out there and destroy. I think that they make a great pairing and all the parts around them are also playing as a team. They aren't playing hero ball. They're playing together. And I think that that could really contribute moving forward to them staying together. Let's move. What's up? Who can defend Joel Embiid one-on-one? No one. That's what I want to know. That's the like, truth. He's, I, I, I would take him. for like If I was drafting a team right now, I would take him over anyone. Anyone in the league. Man. He, he's, he's like the, the LeBron James of big men. In yes. That there's virtually no one who can defend him one-on-one. All right. Let's move into the Western Conference. Where are your thoughts? Who, who do you think is going to lead it? Who's going who's gonna to win it? Baylor, I, let's start with or Parker, go for it. Jump in. You know, I got to stick with the Rockets. For now, that was my pick going in. I'll stick with them. They've done nothing so far to cause me to have any doubt about their situation. I do believe this is the year that the Warriors are knocked off their pedestal, as I've said several times before. It just doesn't seem like the year that everything comes together for Golden State like it has been in years past, as we saw in 2015, 2017. Look, the hardest thing to do in all of sports is to win back-to-back championships. Because, like, th- I'll put it this way, you're always hungrier when the cupboard's empty. Mm. That's why. That's off- why Michael Jordan's three peats mean so much more than Bill Russell's total. Exactly. But you look at you look at these teams in the past that have managed to win two or more consecutive championships. Those are legendary, transcendent teams. And while the Warriors are immensely talented, I don't sense that hunger. I don't sense that will to go and get the championship to get that third trophy over the last four years for their Golden State. I don't sense that they have that desire. They're not they're not playing with a spark like they did in 2015 and 2017. And we saw, right, in 2016, they had that lull where they won 73 games in the regular season, mm-hmm. and then it got down to crunch time in games five, six, and seven of the finals, and they faltered. Yeah. I sense another year like that for the Warriors, but I think it comes earlier. I think it comes in the conference finals, maybe even sooner. Baylor? We we haven't really learned much at this point. As Parker kind of alluded to, we've only be, we've only seen a couple games into the series. It's hard for my pick to change at all. But I I, I and the at the end of the day, I have to agree with Parker. The hunger isn't there in my like you don't see them playing the same way that they used to and I, everything that he just described is 100% right but I don't think it's the Rockets I don't think that the Rockets are the team that are going to dethrone the Warriors um, I don't think they have anyone to match up with Kevin Durant and I think in the end that's going to be their downfall they don't have any what's up well you no no I was just going to say you bring up an interesting point because while the Rockets are the most dominant team in the Western Conference all it takes to get them off their game is you know they start missing three pointers exactly, and suddenly you've got them on their heels. Yeah, and, so. and and you've got a team in Golden State that if they are hungry will beat anyone, will just destroy anyone if they feel like it, if they really really want to, and especially with Steph coming back in, I don't see the Rockets beating them. I'm still gonna pick the Warriors to come out of the West. 
but I don't think that they win a. I don't think they win a championship this year. This is so entertaining, so much more so than it has ruined, been. In, it was ruined last year, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So much about has this. changed. Think about this: the NBA has been this way for a decade, because first it was the Heat, then it was the Warriors and the Cavs. There hasn't been this much genuine competition across the National Basketball Association for a very long time. Yeah. Almost 10 yeah. years. Since maybe the, when a, the early, I think it was the early 2000s when Kobe's Lakers were playing Paul Pierce's Celtics. That's about the last time I remember it being this competitive. I remember that game. I don't know, or that series. I was watching it. 2008. It, it was just an incredible, yeah, exactly 10 yeah. years. An incredible, incredible series. It's fitting that. It should be the Anything same. Anything is year. possible. This is, I, I mean, I'm going back even further now and I'm beginning to realize this is a year that we haven't seen the likes of in the NBA since probably the dawn of the new millennium. Because you think about it, before the Cavs and the Warriors, as I mentioned, you had the Heat and you had the Mavericks on the other side that was usually the team facing off with them. But before that, you had the Spurs. And before that, it was the Celtics and the Lakers. That takes you all the way back to, what, 98, 99? Maybe even earlier? At least. There are so many teams in the running this year for the NBA title that have a legitimate chance of winning, and we have not seen that in a Real really, quick, really long time. Real quick, who do you think has a legitimate chance of winning? You want me to just list off the teams? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we can say who, the 76ers. Who are your top two from each conference? From each conference? I would say... I would still stay the Cavs because okay. they have LeBron James and the 76ers. Okay. The, the, um, the Raptors are legit, but I don't know if they have the talent on that team to take on those other two teams. Um, and out of, the, out of the West, I'm going to say the two teams with the best chance to get out of there are the Warriors and the Thunder. Okay. I don't. I like More the so than the Rockets. More so than the Rockets. Wow. That's Parker, a take. What are your thoughts? The way that it's set up. The way that this rock, paper, scissors, West Con- Western Conference is, I think the Thunder have a better chance. I don't think they're a better team. Okay. In the East, I like either the, the Raptors or the 76ers. People keep sleeping on the Raptors, and I'm telling you, that's a talented team, and that's a team that can not only make but win a finals. I don't think it happens because the 76ers, to me, are more talented, younger, hmm. have Hungry. more yes, more, more of a hunger. So in the East, I'm taking the 76ers over the Raptors. In the West, man, I don't know. I like I said, it's anyone. I like the, I like the Rockets, but there are so many more teams that could creep into this conversation. I get. I guess I have to go with the Warriors just because. T- to me, like even when they struggle, they're still right up there with Houston, and the gap between them and the rest of the Western Conference is massive. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to stick with the NBA first off. Thank you for your analysis there. I thought that was very in-depth and just a good look at what the rest of the You're final. welcome. I no longer feel marginalized. Okay, good. That's I'm, all that I'm we glad. care that's, about, Parker. That's all I was looking for there, Parker. Um, obviously being sarcastic because I don't care. Anyway, just kidding. I love you, Parker. That was savage. It, it's fine. Uh, we need a little bit of that on next play. Kawhi Leonard. I want to talk about him now. So we've seen just this epic saga building up of him being injured and different he said, she said things about... Um, the Spurs happening. Now it looks like the Spurs are signaling that they don't have any intentions of trading Kawhi away. Um, but Parker, I'm going to start with you. So we make sure you're not feeling marginalized. I know we did that last segment as Thank well, you. but um, just to ensure that, just be sure. that all is good. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Kawhi Leonard situation? What do you think the Spurs are going to do and what should they do? Well, what should they do? 
They should bring him back and let him play if that's what he wants to do. And this is a team that had the Warriors on the ropes last year in the he Western Conference. He doesn't want to come back, like, though. He's doing rehab right now. Oh, he yeah, doesn't. Wait, he doesn't want to come he back? He does not want to come back. They want to have him back, and lately okay. they've made comments about it. Okay. But he usually, usually, it's the. It's, oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. What the am team's I trying to force of? him back. He is doing rehab. He wasn't even at their last yeah. game on the bench. You're right. My mind is tied in knots. No, I, I understand this fully now. Uh, but, yeah, because this has been going on for what? Maybe a month? Yeah. This has kind of been a long-running thing. Like, to me, you can't make a guy come back and play if he feels like he's not ready. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put a guy in a situation where he feels like he has to take the court even if he's only at 70 80%. Do you even want him there at that point? Well, I, he doesn't want to be there. I yeah. can guarantee you that. He doesn't want to be playing for a coach in Greg Popovich. And, you know, I like Popovich. He's oh, I love you know, Popovich. He's, he's hilarious. <laughs> he's the Belichick of the NBA mm-hmm. in that yeah. he he legitimately does not care about any of his players on a personal level. He does not form relationships with them outside of the basketball court. Or except, the for, except for, for Tim the, Duncan, he had a pretty good relationship with, with him. Or the media, for that matter, too. Well, Just yeah, I exactly. love watching exactly press conferences. He cares about winning basketball games, so it's not a surprise to me that Popovich is trying to wi- to rush Leonard back because with Kawhi Leonard on the floor, the Spurs are two times better than they are without Kawhi Leonard on yeah, the floor. So, um, are, you, are you still no, going? No, no, go ahead. If you're gonna... Well, Kawhi Leonard is, in my opinion, the second best player in the world. Whenever he's healthy, whenever wow. he's at 100%, wow, that's a hot I, I think he's the second best player in the world. He's, an, he's definitely the best two-way player in the world. Um, the dominance of LeBron can't be denied, but when Kawhi is on the court and he's healthy, the last we saw of him, there's only one player that I, could, that I find better than that. Man. Um, but... As far as as far as what's going on in the situation right now, I mean, with Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili coming forward and saying what they said about him, uh, discouraging him, talking about how how he's hurting the team, Kawhi needs to get out of there, and they need him to get out of there. He's causing dysfunction. Other players don't want to play with him. The veterans are upset with him. Kawhi needs to go somewhere else, and where he needs to go is the 76ers. If I'm Kawhi. That's my landing spot. And if I'm the 76ers, I'm trying to get Kawhi after this season because he's not coming back this right now. Even if he did come back, it's too late to integrate him into the system. He needs to find a spot, and there's not a better place than, 70, than the 76ers for him. Than the 76ers for him. As far as the Spurs go, they're done. They're about to get swept by the Warriors or at least beaten in five games. Look, I 100% resonate with Kawhi Leonard's stance on this because – this is not the year that the Spurs have any chance of going and to the finals. And you know your body yes. better than anyone. Exactly. The Spurs do not stand a chance of making out of that Western Conference. Kawhi Leonard is looking toward the future, not just the here and now. He's saying, okay, I want to be prepared for next season, come back fully rested at 100%, then try to rush out there at 70 80% right now and risk injury or risk aggravating something. So to me... I'm with Kawhi Leonard 100%. And as good a coach as Greg Popovich is, if everything is as it seems in this situation, he's gone about it the wrong way. And, if he, and he's the greatest coach in the world, but he's not infallible. He's not perfect. Absolutely. And I would imagine— Well, you would say the same about Bill Belichick, too. There are not a lot of situations where I can look at Bill Belichick and say that was the wrong— I mean, maybe the Malcolm Butler situation, but even then, well, we don't know everything. Really, like, yeah, I've, I've come to the point where I kind of have to trust Belichick on everything. But as far as Popovich goes, like I fully expect Kawhi Leonard, 
or rather that Kawhi Leonard won't last much longer in San Antonio if this is what they're having to deal with and this is what he's having to deal with a team that wants him to rush back from injury and go out there on the floor at less than 100%. So Baylor not, said the 76ers where do you see him going maybe the Lakers. would be the best fit. That, those would be my two picks. That's not self-serving. That's at mainly all. just because I love the Lakers, but I, I, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the type of player that can fit into any system. Sorry, it, you, you go, you go. I tell you what, the 76ers. He yielded to you, Parker. I appreciate that. The 76ers are looking like they may be the new super team yeah. here in a little while because if they can get a guy in free agency like a Kawhi Leonard, like a Paul George, like a LeBron James. Oh, oh boy. So let me get this straight, Parker. On this podcast, you have now said that the 76ers are the super going to be a super team, and the Cleveland Browns are also going to be a super uh, did team. Did I ever say that? I feel like he did say the Cleveland no. Browns. I said they were going to be competitive in the AFC North next I season. I feel like you said You said they were going to win the AFC North. You did say that. I said they could. I did not I, say they would. Mm, I you know what? Like I don't care I enough to go back and listen, but, but, but so I, I, agree with, I agree with Parker. They're going to be the next super team. That's going to be the team that dominates the East. If they stay together and if they can acquire one more all-star, next five years. And barring barring injury to one of their major pieces, of because course. as we've seen, all it takes is one bad knee, one bad calf, and an entire season goes up in flames. Yeah. Boston Celtics, prime example. First night of the season, they were virtually sunk when Gordon Hayward went down with that horrific broken. Well, now ankle. Kyrie's out. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, moving away from the NBA. I want to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart that brought me um, much sadness. Sadness? Yes. Oh boy. Sadness just from should a, we Should we turn off the microphones area. and just talk between the three of us? That's fine. You need okay. a hug, Kurt? Uh, I do, but not right now. Thank you. Des Bryant. Oh, okay. Is gone. He's well, not on the Cowboys. Screw Des. Anymore. No one cares. Um, people do care, Parker. I care. I'm a Cowboys you fan. Don't you wanted Des gone. But all I the care. memories. Thoughts on Des being released, him leaving, and his response. I mean, I was kind of surprised at the way it was approached via Twitter and all that from him personally. But, you know, Parker, talk about your opinion on him leaving. It was time. It was obviously time for the Cowboys to move on from Des. He was unhappy. He was he'd shown himself over the last few years to be injury prone. Yeah. It was he was getting to the point where he was noticeably on the decline. He was no longer one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL like he was in his prime four or five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Catching balls from Tony Romo. But at this point in time, Dez is gonna Romo could throw a ball. Dez is gonna catch on as probably a second or third wide receiver on a team that's looking to turn things around. Really? Yeah. I you don't think a first string by any chance? No. no, I think okay. I think he's past that point. Okay, he's steadily declined from the years that he was one of the best in the NFL. To me, he's no longer a guy that you can count on to get you twelve hundred, thirteen hundred yards a season and ten or twelve touchdowns. He's just not going to put up those numbers. Okay, at Des Bryant's best, he was probably a top five five wide receiver uh, who was the best in the league at going up for the fifty fifty balls. He's never been a He's never been an outrun a dude. He's always been the guy that jumps up and gets the 50-50 ball. And I think he can be that for a team, um, maybe maybe as like a second or third option. Um, I think that this is a very similar situation to Terrell Owens. I think it's a very similar situation to Randy Moss. When, you're, when, you're, when your personality like outweighs that. your talent, 
you're no longer worth it hmm. for a but lot in, of teams. In both but, those cases, though, those guys' personality, although it was quite outlandish, it did not outweigh their, their talent. Those were two guys that were highly productive up past their age 35 seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I, necessarily yeah, see yeah, that coming yeah, yeah, from yeah, Des I see, Bryant. I see what you mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. But I think that this is a really good opportunity for Des to do exactly what Randy Moss did. Go to a team with 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 a top five quarterback, go to a Green Bay, go to a New England, go to a New Orleans, and and get yourself a top five quarterback who can make up for what you lack. Baker Mayfield. Because because you've gotten older, At because you've gotten older, um, you need a quarterback who can make up for what you lack. So you're gonna need a top five quarterback. But I think with a top five quarterback, he could like I think he would fit in very well in Green Bay hmm. if they can afford him. I think he could fit in excellently in New England because anyone can. But I think a great pl- spot for him is New Orleans. You know where I think he's going? Where? I think he's most definitely going to the NFC West. I believe he lands with either the Seahawks, the Cardinals, or the 49ers because the Seahawks are a team that are currently ravaged at the wide receiver position. Paul Richardson left the team in free agency. So right now, it's Jermaine Curse. They no longer have Jimmy Graham. So this is a team that's going to be in need of pass catchers come the 2018 season. I think he'd fit in. I think he'd fit in well there. I think Russell Wilson would be so. good. I think seeing him, I think that would probably be the best fit out of the Did you say the AFC North? Uh, the NFC uh, West. NFC West. I apologize. Got a little bit. <laughs> got a little bit confused there. NFC West. Um, I think the Seahawks would be the best fit in the NFC West. I think the most interesting and gamble would be the 49ers. I know you're a big Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy fan. Gar- Jimmy G, man. Oh um, boy, Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy G is is he's. I mean, as as awesome as he was in his short tenure there, five game win streak during his short tenure there so far, he still has a lot to prove. And I think making up for De- where Des Bryant lacks, getting a veteran wide receiver who can still perform in bursts, I think that that would be a really useful tool for him to use during his first official year, first completely year in San Francisco. Arizona's an interesting proposition, too. Because Who's their quarterback right they're, now? They're bringing in Sam Bradford, yeah. who right now is the QB1. That may yeah. change. I'm, Sam not, Bradford. I'm not entirely Sam. counting out that they draft a quarterback in the first or second round to compete with Sam Bradford. Or sign Colin Kaepernick. But this is a team that has... Oh, you just triggered Parker. Okay. But this is a team that has said they want to take steps towards addressing their offense and making that offense more prolific in 2018. Because their defense and isn't the problem. No, it's not. Absolutely not. But they what also— What is the problem, Parker? Well, the problem right now is they can't throw the ball. That's been their problem ever since the days of Kurt Warner when they came— with, oh, it's, oh, so freaking close to winning a Super Bowl. That was I'm still I'm still a little bit upset at that. I was rooting for the Cardinals in that game. I wanted to see Kurt Warner get it done. But, would you like to see? Just out of curiosity, this isn't going to happen. But what would you think about Des Bryant, where your where, where your team lies in Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay. He wouldn't Bucks. be happy in Tampa Bay because there would not be enough targets for him. Yeah. You got Mike Evans, you got Deshaun Jackson, you got Cameron Braid and OJ Howard, two of the best tight ends in the game. I'm just thinking I'm just thinking of teams the Texans might be a good fit for him. I think so, like I, I said, think the teams that you yeah, named the NFC or West. the teams that I named are probably the Seahawks best. Seahawks 49ers. Look, the Cardinals just lost both John Brown and Jerron Brown in yeah. free agency. Larry Fitzgerald's status is obviously still up in the air. We don't know we don't know what he's what shape he's going to be in heading into 2018 if his mind is still even on the football field if he's going to end up retiring or whether he'll be back so there's a lot to be decided within the Arizona Cardinals receiving core I could see them as a potential suitor for Des Bryant 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today on Next Play. As always, I'm your host, Kurt Watson. Yep. Alongside me this evening, Parker Thune, Baylor Hurst. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to give us a follow on social media at Next Play Pod. Uh, donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nextplay. Help us keep the lights on, as Baylor Hurst likes to say. As always, thanks to John Pfeiffer for our intro and outro music. Make sure to listen in for Sooner Edition on Thursday. And thank you for listening. Hey, it's the grand season finale of Next Play. Coming to you in a, is it two weeks? Something like that approximately two weeks whenever we hit episode 50 we'll be wrapping up this season of next play it's gonna be wild we're gonna have games we're gonna have prizes we're gonna have juice boxes we're gonna have juice boxes amazing we will have limoon sparkling lemonade no we won't yes we will can we have hubert's lemonade no make sure that you tune in in approximately two weeks for the next play season finale of the Baylor, final when did you episode the of the season of, of next play. Make sure that you tune in. It's episode 50. It's going to be real good. We'll have Baylor's mic muted the whole time. You'll love it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Episode 50. In scene.